0: CFM, primetime all day long. You're listening to SAFM with me, Ayanda Sishi Wigsel and Stephen Curtis here for the SAFM Youth Takeover. If you'd like to take part in the conversation, please do call into the studio at 86 2032 If you'd like to SMS us, you can on 413-91. And if you'd like to WhatsApp us, please do send us a voice note on 061-410-4107. And if you'd like to watch us, please can you stream us in the link that is available on our Twitter feed. Just click on the link and you can see my beautiful face and you can see Stephen's mean ugly mug standing there by the corner (laughs) on the line we have with us Tessa Derms who is the director of Ravonia Circle and we'll be talking all things civic education versus voter education over the past decade the world has seen a record a recording global decline Of fewer people willing to participate in the democratic processes in their country. Simply put, fewer people are voting. In the last national and provincial elections in here in South Africa in 2019, 17 million people, 672,851 million people voted. Out of that number, 2,073,010 people were between the ages of 8 and 19. And over 2 million people, 952,459 people were between the ages of 20 and 29. This is out of a population of 55 million people. These numbers absolutely do not look good. There is much debate about why it is that people are not voting. Some say that it is because there's not enough voter education that is taking place and being covered in the school curriculum. But there's another debate that is surrounding civic education in this country and whether or not there should be more civic um, more civic education with voter education. With us to tackle this subject is Tessa Durham, who is a political and social analyst and commentator and also the director for Ravonia Circle. Tessa, Welcome. Hi, Anna. Nice to hear you on the wireless. Just to let everybody know, Tessa and I have actually had an interaction before. Tessa was one of the first people to give me a break in social and in, um, in, in civic in civic society. And I'm very, very excited to be talking to her. I'm just speaking to people who have really had a huge impact um in my work life. And I'm really excited to speak to you about this, ex- this topic in particular, about voter education and civic education, because I know that it's something that you're extremely passionate about. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Is there a difference between voter education and civic education? Um, Yes,
1: but it's an intersecting difference. And I'll say it um, that way. So voter education is typically um, teaching people about the process of voting. Mm-hmm. So, um, around the world, when when people are talking about educating voters, mm-hmm. what you're educating voters on is how the electoral system works, how ballots work, how registration works, um, you know what the process is that they need to follow to make sure that on the day they vote in the right place, they tick the right boxes, etc. Um, civic education is a broader category, mm-hmm. um, about how to engage as an active citizen and how to use your power politically um beyond just the day of voting or the process of voting but it also includes on the voting side it includes a discussion about what is the power of voting Mm -hmm. so while the process can be educated I actually don't believe in civic education as much as I do I mean what we've built up in our work at Ravonia Circle civic conversations Mm -hmm. where we drive conversation about the meaning of the vote rather than the process of the vote. And that meaning can only be derived from citizens themselves. It can only be derived from voters themselves. We need to be asking a lot more questions of voters about why they value the vote or why they don't in order to understand what is necessary in the space, as opposed to just assume that people need to be taught something.
0: Thank you. Yes, you have actually put up a very important uh, topic because people are tired of having information that, you know, flooded to them. But at the same time, people need to have access to this information in order for them to make informed decisions. But can you please explain to us some of the reasons why people are actually making the choice to exit from the elections and not participate in, election, in, 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 in electoral activities. Why is there a global decline and why is South Africa not excluded from this global decline in people opting in to vote?
1: So I think the global decline is different in different places. I think in developing con- or in developed countries, um, the so-called northern countries, and by that I mean countries that have high levels or, or higher levels, particularly higher levels of equality, higher levels of services that get provided to them, basic services that get provided to them, higher levels of functioning government. And that's really, you know, usually Europe, um, even the Americas, where people's daily lives aren't disrupted by politics. Mm. And so, you know, who's in presidency and who's in government from day to day hasn't even if when that changes people's lives don't fundamentally change at the very basic level of their everyday experience so they're not as invested in the outcome of politics until the outcome of politics actually affects their daily lives and so the more the more well off your country is in terms of um, economically and in terms of governance the less interested you become in actually you know you know participating because you don't think it's going to change anything substantively in developing countries in countries that are less economically well off and in countries where governance isn't working as well people are also disengaging because they don't feel like it's going to be worth their while it's not going to change anything but it's for the opposite reason it's because they've watched vote after vote after vote happen and the material conditions of their lives are not changing And that's one of the big things, I think, particularly in the African context, and the South African context, that we need to fix if we want to get people back to voting. There must be a connection to the vote that I make and the actual material conditions of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you'll get people in South Africa who vote in mass because they don't want to lose economic benefits and economic power. Generally, those are people in the middle classes. People in the middle classes vote more than other people do. I know that that seems counterintuitive. It's, it's true, by ratio. White people vote more by ratio because they've got something to lose. They, or at least they feel like they have something to gain or lose if somebody different comes into political power um the entire project of apartheid was actually about economic conditions and white africaners wanting to solve the poor white problem as they called it then and so they wanted to change something about the material conditions of their lives and for many young people they've grown up watching their grandparents and their parents vote and their lives materially not changing on the basis of that vote Mm.
0: tessa besides voting what are some of the ways <clears throat> that people are participating in democratic processes outside of the ballot? Because we know that there is uh, a perceived level of voter apathy uh, here from young people. And I say perceived because we know that young people are participating in different ways. So what are, different, what are people doing differently in order to participate outside of, 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 of showing up in the ballot?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, young people have been blazing um, the trail, especially in the last decade or so of participation outside of the vote. Um, I was actually talking to young activists this morning saying, part of my generation, I'm almost 40 now, and part of my generation where we dropped the ball, I think, I think is we we gave up on activism to a certain extent, mm. on direct, what we call um Ravonia Circle, direct action, mm. and being able to directly in your community pick up, um, you know, yourselves and each other and the resources that you have and actually do something to change Mm. your circumstances in the moment as opposed to advocate to government only. So we were an advocate advocacy mode for a long time as my generation thinking if we just told government we were unhappy everything would be fine they'll respond you know we can just talk our way out of it Mm. and i think we need to act our way out and this generation of young people that we have now i think have taught us the value of action we've seen protests Um, rise and protest is not just having a dialogue Mm, protest mm. is actually disrupting systems i think young people are disrupting systems all the time Mm. the second thing that they're doing is that they are they are thinking about ways to start their own processes of action Mm. young community organizers are building community-based organizations all the time organizations that deal with menstrual health or gender-based violence, sports mm-hmm. organizations, sports clubs that keep young people um, out of certain activities and give them other kinds of leadership skills. They are thinking about this on an ongoing basis mm-hmm. and they're building agency and power on a daily basis. Thank you very much, So there's more much, forms Tessa. of direct action.
0: Yes, thank you very much, Tessa. We have unfortunately run out of time and I wish I could carry on with this robust discussion on voter versus civic education. But that was Tessa Durms, who is the director of Ravonia Circle and also a social and political commentator and analyst.